Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah and I'm here with Karen Radcliffe who has such an interesting story. She was actually kicked out of her house at 17 and was homeless and from a toxic family who she tried to set boundaries with. And then she has worked in the prison system with both domestic violence offenders and then has worked to build the self-esteem of domestic violence victims. And so you can see why I'm so excited to have a conversation with her today. How are you, Karen? I am feeling really good today, Sarah, and thank you so much for this opportunity. I am excited to pick your brain. I know you're an analyst, and there's a lot of awesome information in there, Uh, particularly your information around conflict resolution. You have some interesting things about conflict resolution. Can you tell us a bit about that? Okay. Conflict resolution is something that can be seen as a positive, not a negative. And there are ways to do that, really. So I loved in your own past, you've had conflict that you could address and then conflict that you couldn't. Obviously, when you tried to resolve conflict in your family, they weren't ready to hear this. So it didn't go well, right? Yes. My family were not ready to deal with the issues that they had in their life. And my parents were just unable to give the love and the care that children need. And this led really to a bit of conflict between (laughs) us. I think getting kicked out on the street definitely qualifies as a bit of conflict, Karen. Well, it built up. Basically, I tried my best. I was only a youngster. When all this started to get really bad, I would have been about 12. So over the years, I did the loving, the giving, the caring, all of that stuff, and tried to communicate and to make things better. I used to stand between their arguments and try and talk them out of it. And nothing happened. So my final straw was, as my mum had taken to drinking, was the only thing I could think of doing to make people wake up was to pour alcohol down the sink. I just got rid of it. And that's when you ended up on the streets, right? Yes, she wasn't happy. Really not (laughs) happy. I would say she wasn't happy, um, especially because you pointed out that there was a problem and it wasn't a problem she was ready to solve. Is that fair? It is. She needed a lot more help. I tried to get her that help um, by contacting social services indirectly with my manager at the time. Mum made sure that there was tea and cakes and all the rest of it when the lady arrived. And I was told that I was a liar. So nobody believed me. And I've heard that story so many times. So your mother didn't have what I call ears willing to hear. She didn't have ears willing to hear about how she had hurt you, you know, the dysfunction of your house. But you do have some strategies to help when people do have ears to hear, uh, which I love. Do you ask the questions, what do I need to do to make you hear me? And why is that question important? Because when you've experienced a situation, for example, toxicity, it's something you know a lot about, you feel unheard, you feel Mm -hmm. hidden, nobody sees you, nobody hears you, you are alone. And that is a difficult place to be on many levels. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Especially if we've had toxic relationships in the past, right? So we 
already kind of have the shield of armor up that no one hears me. Is that how you felt? Well, I'll tell you something. My husband, the one that I've been with for a lot of years, because I learned, I worked through all this stuff, said to me, you wore an armor. I wore armor when I met him. And it was like, I didn't want it to be dented. And so he recognized that. And it's one of the reasons why we're together, to be honest, he got me. Ah, I love that. I didn't want to be dented. I love that. That is beautiful. Yeah. It's sad too, but also beautiful. (laughs) It was, but you know, when you've been ejected from your family, you've got two ways to go, haven't you? You can either go, I choose to be this and I'm going to fight to have a life or you go I choose to let this affect me in in a great way and that means that my life will become less and I chose the former even though I had to sleep on people's couches for a while until I managed to get some a room of my own um, in a shared accommodation but and I'm not saying that this was easy because it wasn't there were a lot lots of negativity lots of crying lots of self-loathing you go through that you ask yourself questions like, where was I to blame? And you do take on blame that wasn't yours to own, but it's a process and you have to work through it. That's part of why I've designed this program because one of the things I'm very aware of is that our self-awareness, our ability to know ourselves is so important. And if we want to be loved for who we are, but we don't do the work of learning who we are, there's a real disconnect to that, correct? Yes, it doesn't just happen. I mean, I was 17 and I think I was probably 21. That was when we got married before I actually knew that I loved myself and I was honourable to myself. And my partner did help me. My husband did help me with my partner at the time. But there were years in between where I had ups and I had downs and they were horrible downs. And you push people away because you've been taught when you were younger not to tell anybody the secrets not to get too close to people. I'd never had close friends or anything. Nobody came around our house. They weren't welcome. And so that transfers afterwards because you do it to yourself. Oh, no, I, I such an important thing. Um, and then you asked, I love this question too. How can we meet on the same level? And I call that playing by the same set of rules. So how can we meet on the same level? Why is that so important in a healthy partnership? Because you need to be on the same level to be able to give and take, because that's what a relationship's about. It's about when one person is in need, the other comes to the aid and then it's reciprocal. But it's also intellectual too. It isn't just about the practical stuff. It's about the intellectual stuff because you have to understand your thoughts and your feelings and manage them and you have to get to know the behaviors that irk you you know Mm. everybody's with a partner that's got some behaviors that you know bother them but it's Mm -hmm. how much bother them and you have choice you have choice about everything so you have a conversation and that conversation has to be a clear conversation with no misunderstandings. And often what we do when we're in couples is we think things through in this head of ours and we tell ourselves a few stories. And before you know it, the thing that we want to say doesn't come out like we think it's coming out. It comes out as something completely different. And then our partner reacts to that something different. And we wonder what the heck just happened. And again, we tell ourselves stories and that can often be a trickle down effect towards negativity. And it's hard after a toxic relationship, toxic childhood, toxic romantic relationship to ask for what you need to get clear that self-awareness of getting clear about what you need and then being clear about asking. And in healthy relationships, 
people ask. It's not just guessing in your head. You guess in your head what I want. I guess in my head what I want. We hope it all lands, <laughs> right? That's a that's a communication disaster. But when you've experienced toxicity, as I've said before, you don't trust yourself, let alone anybody else. That's a big issue because trust isn't necessary. You don't believe yourself like you don't believe other people. So you're coming from a point when you escape from toxicity where you actually don't really know yourself at all. You know this person that was projected. You, the people told you who you were. Um, you internalized it and then you became it and you felt like you didn't have a choice. But when you've left and you've had some distance and some time out, there are little things that start to show. They're almost like little shoots growing up from the ground, you know, and you start to recognize them as beautiful little flowers because you think to yourself, oh, that's nice. I've never experienced that before. I quite like that. And then you say to yourself, well, actually, I thought I was that person, but I'm not anymore because I like this. And if you allow yourself to connect with yourself and and become more self-aware and love yourself. Give yourself the care and the love that you need. You don't need to rely on other people to do this. You can do it for yourself. Well, yeah, my suggestion is not to rely on other people, right? Because if I'm coming into a relationship and my husband's job is to always make me happy, eventually I turn into the toxic one to some extent, whether it's being the victim or the hero or always being angry or not being taking self-responsibility for my own emotions. So not only is it better, I think it's necessary for a healthy relationship. Do you agree? I agree. And that takes me into the second module of my program, self-management. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so why is self-management so crucial? You see, you're following the plan here. You may not be aware of it, but you're following the plan. So, yes, it's about managing yourself. It's about not relying on other people. But you can choose to rely on people for some things. But the important thing is to be aware of why you're doing it and what you're hoping to get out of it. And is it fair on you and is it fair on them? And we we use a lot of CBT stuff here to analyze your emotions and your thoughts. And we look at where you need to switch your emotions and your thoughts. We tie into the situation because when something has happened, it's only when that's happened that you recognize it. And it's about taking you back to the situation and your belief system. And that's about your self-management. My dad would talk about windows and he said, we have different things written on our windows. Everyone likes me. Everyone hates me. You know, I think you talk about it as labels, right? You know, yeah. I'm thinking ahead. I'm stupid. I'm a domestic violence survivor, whatever it can be. Um, and self-management is taking our own marker and writing what we want on the window, right? Not just allowing the people in our lives to write what they want on the window. I would look at it as a piece of art. You could call it graffiti. You could call it art. But one of the things I think we need to do is rewrite who we are and the rules that we're going to live by. And that's part of what self-management is about. Yes, I do mention labels. I talk about labels all the time. I'm a hater of labels. I hate projected labels. I hate bias. I hate prejudice. And a lot of those labels that we all live by have come from somebody else and somewhere else, and they're not ours. And self-management allows you to address that and change what needs to be changed. Do you want to help other people who've been in toxic relationships? Of course you do. I hear it all over from people who are good, kind, loving, giving, and forgiving. So some ways you can do that is to leave a review for the podcast so people know this is great information or leave a review for the book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof. So people know it's not just about studying narcissism. It's about creating an amazing life after narcissism. 
You can leave reviews anonymously. And I want to say thank you so much for helping other people and not just being a consumer of information, but helping give back to people just like you were earlier in your journey that are confused, that don't know who to trust. And when you leave a review, even if it's anonymous, then you help them on their journey. You pay it forward. You help the world become a better place so toxic people stop winning and the good people start winning. The rules you live by that you said, when you're, when you're following your plan, when we're talking a little bit abstractly, you'll have to go to her website to see her plan. But when you go to the end of the plan, the rules that you now live by and the rules I now live by is a safety exit if needed. Can you talk a bit why you added that? I added this uh, safe exit to maintain resilience. And that's what it's about because you're doing all this work, okay, on your self-awareness, your self-management, communicating with confidence, looking at how to negotiate because a lot of us don't know how to negotiate, resolving conflict for consensus because, as I said earlier, conflict can be seen as a positive, an opportunity. But at the end of all of that, if you feel that something just is not right, it's important to have the exit plan because you've worked on yourself. You're resilient now. You don't want to lose that. So get out. And it's about getting out safely. I have worked with numbers of women who have found that the most difficult thing to do, which is why it's the last module of my program. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. So negotiating, you try to negotiate with partner, try to, hey, let's give and take. My turn to give, my turn to take. And then you start to have those conflicts conversations like, We need to deal with this issue. How can we meet on the same level? And then at that point, there is an action needed. You know, your program is like goes in a circle. And what is not in the circle is, okay, now let's just start the circle over and then run through the circle as hard as we can until we drop dead from exhaustion. Because if someone isn't able to negotiate with you, if you're communicating well, you're self-aware, there's clear boundaries in place, you're clearly stating your needs and expectations, not just making people play guessing games in your head, and they don't have ears willing to hear or say, hey, I've got a great game. How about I get what I want all the time and you do what I say? (laughs) Which is, some people are looking for a relationship where it's more of like a king or queen and a servant rather than a partnership. And that involves an exit strategy. And it has to be, it has to be a safe strategy. So it's about, because when you're thinking of leaving, when you start having those thoughts, your body language is going to change, maybe the tone of voice is going to change, your actions are definitely going to change. And the way you communicate with your partner is going to change. And it's not going to take much for them to understand something's not right. And if somebody is a controlling person, they want that control back and they will do what they think they have to do to get that control back. So it's about planning that exit without giving it all away. And there is a way to do it. Okay. And it it goes back to self-management. So all the things that you've done before are all necessary to exit. Okay. What are things that are within that exit strategy? Because that is a, I really want people to hear what you're saying right now, because that's something I'm saying too, is because people say, oh, I need to start standing up for myself. And what they are doing is kind of showing their hands like, okay, now I'm turning into a different person. And I'm going to stand up for myself. But someone who's very controlling is just going to say, now I need to find another way to control you or hurt you. It's, it's a re- I really want people to hear what you're saying on this because it is important. There are techniques you 
you're going to use on the program. And, you know, whether you like it or you or you don't, they're really useful. And it's about managing your thinking and your emotions. We do that through many ways and meditation, breathing, practicing calming yourself in an aggressive situation. So you're not actually showing that you want to stand up for yourself because standing up for yourself is about conflict and it's not about resolving conflict. It's about invoking conflict. And that has a dark, dark path. Standing up for yourself is it's a way to make yourself feel worthy, but you're not feeling worthy because you're being put in a place of anger to feel worthy. And anger is a debilitating um, emotion unless you know, it's about because of a cause or a campaign or something like that. But in a relationship, it's debilitating and it's only going to cause grief. Standing up, from my point of view, is the worst thing that somebody can do. I would stand down. Stand How, down is the best thing. Do you stand down in the silent treatment while you do an exit plan? Stand down trying to keep things normal? What's your suggestion? It's about keeping things normal. When you've done the module on the exit plan, you'll know how you're going to exit because you've got your plan. But you need to get to that point. So there's things you're going to have to do to get to that point. So managing yourself by being calm, playing the game effectively, not rocking the boat, as they say, that is what you need to do to keep yourself safe until you can do the exit. That will be your plan. So all I'd say is think about why you're in the relationship in the first place. What was it that you wanted to get out of it? Okay. If you're not getting that out of it, why are you still there? What is it that holds you there? For a lot of people, this can be about finances. It can be about managing the children. It can be nowhere to go. There are answers. Okay. And it is about working that out. And those will be some of the things we will cover in this program. There are no quick solutions, but how can I say this? Is it better to have left have no money, um, struggle by until you can pick yourself up and be where you need to be? Or is it better to be in a situation where you have no power? Maybe you're being harmed because a lot of that is going on and your children are growing up to see this as the norm. And I know that sounds harsh. It really sounds harsh. I said to you earlier, I'm quite direct because I, I myself was a child of toxicity and I saw how that affected me. And it took all those years for me to get where I saw it for what it was. And so if I hadn't been ejected, what would I have become? So I'm grateful to them for ejecting me. I've got to be perfectly honest. Now I look back, I'm grateful. Thank you very much. It allowed me to be the person that I want to be rather than the person you wanted me to be. Well, Karen, there's a phrase that says hurt people hurt people. And sometimes I want to switch that around because sometimes hurt people help people. And that is certainly um, what you are doing. And so I want to commend you for that. Please tell people where they tell them about your website and where they can find more out about you. Okay. KJRatcliffeConsultancy.com. Okay. It's there. Uh, The front page will give you information about the program and about my coaching packages. Um, I'm on Facebook. Just look for Karen Ratcliffe, um, KJ Ratcliffe Consultancy. And um, I'm on Instagram, Coach. I'm also on LinkedIn. If there are any professionals out there who um, would like to connect, you can find me. Just put Karen Ratcliffe in. And I want to thank everybody for listening today. And I really hope that you all stay safe and you can work towards a better relationship. Awesome. And thank you for helping us on our journey to becoming toxic person proof. Thank you, Sarah. 
Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live, there's tons of support, and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.